The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about eight miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 10 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. As we continue in our series on family matters, we're going to talk today about marriage and the relationship between the husband and the wife. God established the first marriage, and he set the parameters for what a marriage ought to look like. And one thing that's very important to remember, beloved, is that the primary relationship in the family is not parent-child, but it's husband-wife. Certainly, there are responsibilities that parents have toward children and children toward parents, but the ultimate responsibility in the marriage relationship is between the husband and the wife. We're going to talk about that and some other topics today as we continue looking at this subject of family matters, because, beloved, family matters more today than it ever has. We hope you'll stay tuned for the message, but first we have a song selection that we hope you enjoy. Man of sorrows,
us to turn to Colossians chapter 3. And we're going to go back to our series that we've been doing on the family. Remember, we are studying family matters because family matters. Family matters. It still matters today. I don't care what society tells us. Family matters. And God's idea of the family matters. What God says in his word about family matters. It is not going out of style. And it's important that we understand the biblical pattern for family, what the relationships are and what they ought to be, what the priority relationships are, and how we manage those relationships. And it's necessary to look at these from a biblical perspective, not a worldly perspective. You can get all kinds of advice in the world. You can turn on Dr. Phil every day, and you'll be entertained probably, but you're not going to get a lot of good biblical advice. So today, we're going to look at marriage. You know, we spent some time last time laying the groundwork talking about uh, the importance of marriage and how God uh, intends for marriage to last. He intends for it to last. And we, we talked about some things there that weren't always comfortable things to talk about. But let me just say this. If you were uncomfortable hearing it, you ought to be in my position trying to preach it. <laughs> if you think you were uncomfortable, I was very uncomfortable. But sometimes the truths of God's word uh, move us out of our comfort zone. You know, if you're in a comfort zone and you're just sitting there, you know, what does the Bible say about that? Woe to them that are at ease in Zion. You know, now, now this rest in Zion, there's rest here, but being at ease means we're just satisfied with where we are and we're content not to change and we're never going to, we, we think we've studied enough and we know enough. Let me tell you, I have studied the Word of God all my life and I still find things that are hidden gems in there, if you will. I, it's amazing that I can, you know, see verses that I never knew were in the Scripture. <laughs> and they're so important. So, so this morning, I want us to look at God's pattern for marriage. God's pattern for marriage, okay? And the first thing we want to look at is the priority of marriage. The priority of marriage. There's a problem with today's attitude toward marriage, even among Christians, I'm sorry to say. In our society today... Marriage is frowned upon. Marriage is made fun of. Marriage is, tr they are trying to replace it with other institutions. But I just want to focus particularly today upon the husband and wife relationship. Now, before we go any further, if you're here today and you're not married, you may have been married and are no longer married, you may not be married yet and think, well, there's no prospects for me on the horizon. Listen, don't check out because it's important that we all know what God says about marriage in order that if nothing else that we can teach others that we can be all grounded on marriage and what it's all about and what God's pattern is for it because if not you know there are people out there that will come to you especially knowing you are a child of God who's a member of Zion Primitive Baptist Church or maybe they don't know you're a member of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, but they're going to come to you with questions. There's somebody in your sphere of influence. You know, I, I'm not the father of a small child anymore. So I don't know what the small children are facing today, but I need to be prepared to talk about what's out there in the world so that I can help those who are facing those kinds of situations. So don't check out. Stay with me. Stay with me. It's important. 
So let's talk about the husband-wife relationship because that's the foundation for family. The husband-wife relationship should be prioritized in our society, but unfortunately it is not. Attitudes today look down on traditional marriage. They elevate other living arrangements. I did a little research on this. In 2019, there was a Pew Research study on attitudes toward marriage. As of 2019, the vast majority, 69% of Americans, think it's acceptable for an unmarried couple to live together. Most Americans say that cohabitation is acceptable even if the couple doesn't plan to get married. Another 16% say it's acceptable, but only if they plan to marry, and only 14% say it's never acceptable. According to this study, younger adults Surprise, surprise, younger adults are more likely than their older counterparts to find it acceptable for cohabitation. About eight in 10 adults younger than age 30, that's 78% say that cohabitation is acceptable whether the couple plans to get married or not, compared to 71% who say that in ages 30 to 49 and 65% ages 50 to 64, but even 63% of those 65 and older say that. In 2020, a Pew Research study was conducted about attitudes toward extramarital sexual relations, okay? Now get this, a majority of Christians, 57%, say that sexual relations between unmarried adults in a committed relationship is sometimes or always acceptable. About half of Christians say that casual relations of that type uh, which is defined in the study as relations, the physical relationship between consenting adults who are not in a committed romantic relationship. But about half of Christians in America today say that that sometimes are always acceptable. In 2019, there was also a Pew Research study about attitudes toward same-sex marriage. And in that Pew Research Center polling, in, let's see, in 2004, Americans oppose same-sex marriage by a margin of 60% to 31%. In 2019, 61% support same-sex marriage. It's completely upended, 31% oppose it. 60% against it, 30% for it in 2004, 15 years later, it's 60% for it and 31% against it. What? this tells us is that our culture and our society today has clearly got the wrong attitude toward traditional biblical marriage. So where do we go for our information? Where do we go for our standard? Well, I trust that you're going to say with me that we go to the scriptures for that. We go to the Bible. In Hebrews chapter 13, in verse 4, we used this last time, but I'm going to go back to it today because it's an extremely important foundational scripture about the family and about husbands and wives. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 4, it's just a statement right here in the middle of a lot of statements that God is making. And this is what he says. God says, marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Notice what God says here. Notice what God's attitude is. God's attitude is that marriage and the family should be prioritized, that the husband-wife relationship is important, 
that it's not it's honorable god says that word honorable means held as of great price valuable extremely valuable okay now remember from last time we talked about the fact that marriage should be permanent we shouldn't take a try it out and see attitude when it comes to marriage and in fact god we saw created the first marriage and back in genesis chapter 2 we're going to turn back over there in a few minutes and look at uh some things about the husband and wife but uh but just remember god created the first marriage relationship and by the way since he created it he gets to say what the pattern ought to be god created it god sets the standard for it Beloved, according to God, the husband-wife relationship should be prioritized. It's not some other arrangement out there. The marriage relationship should be prioritized in culture and society. Even though it's not, we must do that because God does it. We must set it as a priority, okay? But now listen, let me, let me bring it a little bit closer down to home. The husband-wife relationship should be prioritized within our families. Now, first of all, remember this. It's a husband and wife. It's not a husband and a husband, or a wife and a wife, or a husband and two wives, or a husband and three sister wives. That's a popular show today, right? So it's not, it's the way God has set it up. It is a relationship between one man and one woman and no other combination constitutes a marriage. You know, you remember Genesis uh, 1, 27, he says, God created man in his own image. He said, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. You know, there's a lot of confusion out there today about gender. There's a lot of people, you know, gender's fluid. It's whatever you think it is. It's not what you're born as it's what you think it is okay i'm not too interested in what you think it is but i'm very interested in what god thinks it is Amen. and god said he created a male and female okay now let me tell you let me just stop here and say this i'm not discounting the possibility and the the fact that there are people in the world today who are confused about their gender i'm not discounting that that, my, my, what are you saying, preacher? Are there different genders? No, I didn't say that. I'm saying there are people confused about their gender. There are people that struggle with that. I realize that things today are crazy, but we shouldn't be shocked. We shouldn't be surprised at the depths to which sin can take us or the ways in which sin can confuse us. I believe there's some of God's little children out there that are confused. We should deal with those that are confused in the same way we deal with anyone else in the world that we run into who's confused about any other point of biblical truth. We should speak the truth in love. We're not here condemning people for being confused in life. I've been confused in life, not about that, but about many other things. There's many things you and I are both confused about. There are many other things that we're mess, mix, mixed up on, but. But let me tell you, there are people that struggle with that. And we should not be, when we encounter those people, uh, we should not be uh, angry and harsh and, and, and unkind to them. But beloved, it's not, it's not love to compromise truth, okay? You know, it, it would not have been any love to my children to, to say to them, you know, I really just don't have any boundaries for you. I don't have any rules in your life. You just do what you want to do. The truth of the matter is, if I did that in raising my children, that means I would have hated them. 
Oh, I'm not going to spank. I love my children too much to spank them. We're going to come to that if we keep on this series about how we discipline our children. I just can't apply the rod to my child. I love him too much. You know what the Bible says about that? It says if you don't, you hate them. <laughs> you hate them. <laughs> you know, and that the world gets it all mixed up, don't they? But, but my point is this: is don't let anybody. I don't. Young folks, if you're someone is struggling with this. There's all kinds of affirmation that you can get of, of whatever you want to think about yourself out there in the world. You know, I'm, I'm not making fun of it, but I always, when I think about how people struggle with their identity today, I always think about Jerry Clower's story about Marcel Ledbetter, who thought he was a log truck, you know. Well, I guess today you can be a log truck if you want to be, right? In our culture today, we laughed about it. We're probably doing him a disservice. We should have let him be a log truck, right? But we laughed about that then. But nowadays, people can be whatever they want to be according to society. But what does God think about it? That's my point. That's my what does God say about it? God said he made a male and female. That, you, know what, you know what Jesus said in Matthew 19? He, he talked about, he, he, you know, people say, well, Jesus didn't talk about marriage. He didn't talk about, you know, uh, uh, homosexuality or anything like that. I read in Matthew 19 and verse 4 that when they asked him about divorce, he said, have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? So we hear it in Genesis and then we hear it from Jesus. That tells me there's two genders. Male and female, only two. And he goes on to repeat what, what God said or what Adam said in the Garden of Eden. For this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife. That's a man and a woman. He said, and they twain shall be one flesh. Which this settles the question, by the way, of what a real marriage is and what the two genders are. And then it brings us to the point I really want to focus on this morning. Which is the fact that within the family, within the traditional family, within the, the, the circumstance where there's parents and children and whatever the situation is, grandchildren, brother, sister, parent, whatever. I want you to understand something that's so important. The highest priority within the family is not parent-child or child-to-parent, but spouse-to-spouse, as we're going to see here in the pattern for marriage. So let's look at that for just a minute. Turn with me back over to Genesis chapter 2. In Genesis chapter 2, God sets out his all-time blueprint for marriage. And notice, as we said last time, this blueprint has survived the fall of Adam. It was, see, marriage, the way God set it up, was good for the perfect man in the garden, but it's also good for sinful man after the fall of Adam. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18, the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. And out of the ground, the Lord formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found in help meat for him. Now, I don't want to spend much time here, but I just want to point out this, that we live in a society that puts... You know, it values the lives of pets and animals sometimes above the lives of children. 
You know, abortion is le has been legal. It's still legal in many states. Uh, but I can tell you that when I was a prosecutor, I had many, many, many murder cases that I dealt with. But the, the times when I knew there would be a crowd at, at court were the times when I prosecuted somebody for abusing an animal. There'd be 50 to 100 people show up for that. I tried murder cases where nobody was in the audience. Nobody was out there watching. So here's what God said. He showed him all the animals. Now, listen, I look, I, we, we love animals, okay? You know, I, I even, I'm a closet, deeply closeted lover of cats, okay? But don't tell anybody I said that. Don't tell Bob Holly for sure. He'll, he'll sure make fun of me. I think he's listening there on the Zoom, though, so I'm out of, I'm out of luck. You know, I like cats. They're, they're cute and they're sweet. You know, I, I really love dogs, but, you know, but, but the cats and the dogs and the horses and the cattle, they're not the, that, that's not what was sufficient. That was not a helper that was meat for Adam. That word meat means appropriate for, okay? So let's look at what marriage is in verse 21, because God then fixes that situation. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh and stared thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Now, when we started building this building here, we needed a blueprint. So we got it. The blueprint was written out. It had the, the foundation. The, it had the, the, the various things that we needed. Well, beloved, the building of our home needs a blueprint. And the first foundational stone to lay in that blueprint is that the husband-wife relationship is the primary relationship in the family. Now, there's many reasons for that, but understand that's the primary relationship. Now, that doesn't mean there won't be times, especially when you have babies, when you have children, when your time is monopolized by attending to the needs of kids. And that doesn't mean there won't be any other relationships. It just means that this one must take priority over all relationships. 90% of the problem in divorce today is that the husband or the wife or both neglect one another. Beloved, it's important that we prioritize those relationships. Why is that? Well, the truth of the matter is, as I get older, I've learned that, uh, uh, that one of the reasons is, is the companionship that I need is not my children, but it's my wife. Did you know that your children, <laughs> some of you that got grown children know what I'm talking about. Your children will not always agree with you. Did you know that? <laughs> Sound like somebody knows that. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that my children are a disappointment to me, okay? Although they sure have been. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Seriously. Did you know that sometimes your children will disappoint you? Sometimes they will. Look, we're going to see if you keep reading the book of Genesis... One of the worst things that could happen to a parent is that one child killed the other child, and that's exactly what happened to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve's children, the first two, one was killed by the other one. One thing I tell Sherry all the time, I said, you know, when it comes right down to it, there's only really one person that I can count on 
to be on the same page with just about all the time. Not, not 100% of the time, but just about all the time. And that's her. That's her. Because you see, we're going we're gonna to see this in a moment, so I'm jumping ahead, but we don't raise our children to uh, just always be our slaves, you see. <laughs> we raise them that they may be their own independent person. And that may mean they have their own family. It may just mean they, you know, there's, like we said last time, this does not mean that you have to marry. We need to remember that too, you know. Some people don't need to marry. You know, I wasn't one of those. <laughs> I'd be in a lot of trouble if I wasn't married right now. <laughs> There's no telling what I'd look like. I might have on a, you know, a, a pink coat and green pants, you know, but I, she helps me so much in that regard. But, but my point is this, is that we raise our children not to, to be dependent upon us forever. We raise them because you know what? One day, if nature takes its course, we're gonna be gone and they're gonna be left here. So the primary relationship is husband and wife. So let's talk about this. Notice what he said here about the pattern for marriage. He said, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife. So there's two things here about marriage that in its most fundamental sense are extremely important and that's leaving and cleaving. Leaving and cleaving. So let's talk about leaving, okay? Notice he said a man shall leave his father and his mother. He's going to leave the parents and he's going to cleave to someone else. He's going to cleave to his wife. Now leaving, first of all, it's for those of you that are married already, uh, some of you uh, may be getting married at some point, but for those of you that are married already, just understand that that does not mean that you declare war on your parents. When you leave your parents... You don't come out from under Exodus 20 and verse 12, which says to honor your, your father and your mother. You don't come out from under that requirement, okay? And that's reaffirmed by Christ. Look, look over in uh, Mark chapter 7, just for a second. Look with me over in, in the Gospel of Mark. Just because you're an adult and just because you're married doesn't mean you then declare war on your parents and you now neglect your parents. In Matthew, uh, Mark chapter 7... In verse 9, he's bringing these Pharisees to account here for some things they're teaching. He says, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own tradition. For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother, and whoso curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But you know what they were doing? They were saying, Verse 11 and 12 teaches that. He says, If a man shall say to his father and mother, It is korban, that is to say a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free, and you shall suffer him no more to do aught for his father and his mother. In other words, they were saying, that If you'll just bring your money and your resources down here to the temple, then, you know, and dedicate it to, to, to God, so to speak, but they were actually using it um, in ways that weren't godly, uh, then you no longer have to take care of your parents. You know what Jesus said about that? He said, you made the word of God of none effect through your tradition. That's what he says. See, we still honor our father and our mother no matter how old they are, no matter what age they get to. That does not mean, leaving does not mean that you declare war on your parents. It does not mean that you have to move geographically away from your parents. You know, you can live next door to your parents and still leave them in this sense, okay? 
But you can also live a thousand miles away from your parents and still not leave them. You see, it's not talking about geography here. It's talking about it's talking about a relationship situation that you have. You know, your parents can be dead and you can still cling to them in violation of the scripture. You can be you can you can neglect the things that you ought to be taking care of at home, even if you're living 10,000 miles away. OK, so what does it mean? It does mean that you declare independence from your parents. When you marry, the relationship between you and your parents radically changes, okay? And you don't end the relationship, you just establish an adult relationship with them. And here's the point, the focus when you're married must be on your spouse. That is, you're more concerned with your spouse's ideas and his or her practices and opinions than your parents. Now we're gonna see that that doesn't mean you go along with everything your husband or wife says, okay? As a matter of fact, you should focus upon them and you should, if you're the husband, you should be the spiritual leader of the household, leading your wife into the things of God that, and in a godly sense. And if you're the wife, you should be submitting to your husband as he leads you in a godly way. But for instance, if wives, your husband says, I forbid you to go to church anymore. Well, we're told that you're to submit to your husband as it is fit in the Lord. But there are things that he can, you know, we're supposed to obey the law, right? We're supposed to obey the law. We're not, we're not to, we're to submit ourselves to the authorities of this world. But you know what Peter and James did when they were forbidden to preach? They said, should we obey God? We, we, we should obey God rather than man, you see. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. But please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J. C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.